Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Cades. And Trevor. Trevor. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, welcome to week 12 of the NFL season. Oh, We're here. Man. The last week of November, buddy. The, the season is really flown by at this point. Uh, it's hard, hard to believe uh, we're this far into the season, um, but we are, and uh, and a happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Um, hopefully, you guys are going to be able to enjoy lots of football this weekend, um, and uh, yeah, so I think we wanted to talk a little bit about some of our uh, favorite uh, moments or traditions involving football and, and Thanksgiving, so I'll just jump right in with the, uh, the six-legged turkey which actually, I believe, started with uh, John Madden awarding a turkey leg to uh, a Thanksgiving Day MVP, and it kind of took off from there and uh, became the six-legged turkey because they needed more turkey legs to hand out at the end of the games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also the turducken, which I, which John Madden introduced. Yes. You, you see, you put a turkey inside of a chicken, and that chicken goes inside of a duck. It sounds expensive, and you probably can't get it at most restaurants unless John Madden's making the menu. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, always, uh, always a favorite of that. Always a favorite of that. And I miss John Madden. I actually kind of wish he was still calling games because he was excellent at, at doing that. Um, oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. You know, uh, one of our listeners was talking to me a few weeks ago. I think I... I talked about uh, Tom Brady and uh, uh, Vince Lombardi being the you know in that rare uh, you know belonging on the Mount Rushmore of the NFL, and he suggested that the next guy up there would be John Madden, uh, and I think he makes a pretty good point. John Madden, you know that's that's who Tom Brady is to football. He's a name as big as John Madden or Vince Lombardi. Um, so yeah, shout out to uh, to our listener for nice. that one. Nice. And his butt isn't as wide, um, but <laughs> he is, uh, I guess, in the same pantheon to a large degree. And John Matt, I mean, whether you say like him as a commentator, uh, a guy on the f- cover of a, of a terrible football game, video game, and, and or just a coach in general, you can't argue that the guy is iconic and he's made an incredible impact on the game. And he continues to do so, and there's actually a really good show coming out. I think it's on Paramount or ESPN about John Madden. And uh, I, I think it's called All Madden, and he just and he gets interviewed by all these different coaches, and people reflect on things he's done, and it's, it's kind of, it looks fun. It looks fun. Bill Belichick was on there, and he was smiling. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a big party. <laughs> it's gonna it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a big fun. Party. You're gonna love it. <laughs> so um, okay, well my favorite Thanksgiving tradition, since you didn't ask me, but I'm gonna tell you anyway, um, <laughs> is the butt fumble. Uh, in fact, we're two, 10 years removed from the butt fumble, RIP butt fumble. Um, it's all taken a moment of silence for Mark Sanchez's career. And we're back. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I got to tell you, it was probably one of the more entertaining things I've ever seen. And I often revisit it only to laugh and sort of poke fun at the Jets' misfortune, which has been nothing but misfortune for basically the last 60 years. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, 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 it's good to be on top. Let's put it like that. Um, one last question. Did you get a chance to see Man in the Arena, Episode 2, for Tom Brady? Uh, I haven't seen Episode okay. 1 yet. Um, 
Well, I tell you, <laughs> if anybody gets a chance, I highly recommend it once again. I recommend, recommended it last week. And if you like Patriots porn or if you're a New England Patriots fan or if you just want to reminisce about the greatest dynasty <laughs> in any sports other than the Chicago Bears, highly recommend you watch episode two. It's very, very good. It goes into a lot of in-depth things in terms of why Lloyd Malloy was cut, right? Rodney Harris came to New England and sort of uh, Brady's career, first career, not that he's in his third career or third childhood, if you will, uh, referencing a, a, the rapper Nas. So uh, on ESPN Plus, highly recommend it. My review, I'll give it an eight and a half out of ten. The second episode is better than the first, and I couldn't help but, but get goosebumps when I was watching it. I just thought the interviews were fantastic, and Brady himself was kind of cutting loose and dropping f bombs left and right. It was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> so, uh, but it covered <laughs> the, the second Super Bowl, Super Bowl thirty. Uh, 38 against Carolina in that season leading up to it. And and it was it's pretty interesting. They lost 31-0 in the beginning of the year against Buffalo, beat Buffalo 31-0 at the end of the year after cutting Laurie Malloy and that team. Probably one of the best, probably the greatest defenses you'll ever see take the field in NFL history. So, um, Trevor, are you excited for Thanksgiving football? Three games, buddy. We get them back to back to back. Doesn't matter the quality. All you have to do is just sit your ass down on the couch and watch them. We want to talk about them? I I am very ready to talk about these games, and I know uh, some people uh, might not be excited about you know the teams that are playing, but I am. Okay. Um, I it's just it it you know I'd rather not have turkey than not have football on Thanksgiving. I think it's that integral to the holiday, so I get very excited for Definitely. these games. But my question is, is would would you rather have well if turkey was being sacrificed, and let's say it was. Would you rather watch a Lions game or sacrifice the turkey? <laughs> because just something's going to happen there. If we watch the Lions game, you're not going to be able to eat turkey the rest of the day. Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's going to leave really bad taste in your mouth. All I can, all I can taste is pee. That's unfortunate because yeah. it's, uh, it's the first game tomorrow. Well, let's talk about it. Ch- Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. 3-7 and seven at the Detroit Lions. 0-9. Oh Three-point favorite Chicago. 41.5 over under. 10.30 a.m. here on the West. Uh, the Mountain Time, people. That's me and Trevor. Uh, Trevor and I. Excuse me. Um, quick stories about this. Jared Goff out. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of guys out for Detroit. A lot of guys out for Chicago. Justin Fields, Akeem Hicks, Damian Williams, Allen Robinson, Eddie Jackson, Mario Edwards Jr., Tashawn Gibson, um, Khalil Max out for the rest of the year. Uh, both teams are super banged up. In fact, you can say that about every game here on Thanksgiving. Um, also, in, add intrigue into the ante here. Add ante to the intrigue or what have you. Um, apparently... Matt Nagy's job is on the line, and there's a report that he may be fired after the game. How do you think that's going to affect Chicago, and what do you expect with prediction moving forward here? Ooh, you know, I, I had not heard that one. I can't say I'm extremely surprised Likewise. Uh, that, that, that that's being talked about. But, uh, you know, I, I honestly don't expect that he would get fired after this game. Um, I, think, I think the Bears are going to win. Um, but uh, you know, I, I understand what uh, what people are thinking, but uh, you know, there's still a chance. So I don't think the Bears really benefit from getting you know from from firing him now. And there's a lot of opportunity left for the Bears to show what could be coming next year. Um, our listeners have heard me say it a few times this season. I think the Bears are poised to be a really tough team next mm-hmm. year. Um, 
I think Justin Fields is coming along, not as fast as Bears fans would want. And and I, I understand that, you know, when, when it's your team and you have a great roster, uh, you, you draft a, a high quarterback. He was high. Um, high drafted quarterback. <laughs> high in the draft. You know what I'm saying. I, you know, yeah, yeah. Anyways, don't get me <laughs> off on a tangent. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I really do think that, uh, you know, that the things are falling into place for the Bears. I, I'm not excited about it as a Vikings fan. Um, but uh, but it is fun to watch. And I think Justin Fields is, is making progress. He's just, you know, you know, you, you draft that quarterback that high, you you really do want success right away, and it's it's not fair really to expect it that fast. Um, so I'm not saying it can't happen, but uh, but I think the Bears, regardless of of whether or not they move on from Matt Nagy, the Bears are headed in the right direction as a team right now, and. Uh, you know, I, I I guess I don't follow the team closely enough to know if there are other reasons or what specifically they're disappointed in with Nagy, but uh, I'd be a little surprised if the axe fell after this game. And your prediction? Oh, so, so yeah. So my prediction. I, so the Bears. You know, I'm taking the Bears to win. I'm taking them to beat the three point spread. I think they win this one by a touchdown. Um, Forty one and a half over under. I got to take the over on that. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. They're trending in the right direction. Chicago, Detroit, I'm not sure where they are. They're lost. In, so they're, they're probably more preoccupied with their own city problems than the team at this point. So, um, you, listen, you know, you can't help but feel bad for Chicago, although I think their quarterback situation is pretty decent. And that's why I'm I'm expecting a, a pretty good game out of Andy Dalton. And he's rostered in... Well, let's just say he's available in most leagues. <laughs> I don't have the percentage here, but he's available in most <laughs> leagues. And I think if you need a streamer star, it's somebody you just need to throw in because you have a quarterback that's injured and don't have a good matchup. And to be honest with you, the defense is, in, in most teams this, this time of the year, especially right now from what I've seen from watching games, are all, are all performing quite well outside of a, a, a few obvious choices. But some, pe- some teams have kind of come around in terms of making the adjustments and they're starting to finally click. So I, I like Andy Dalton as a streamer pickup here, a two-quarterback league. Um, I like David Montgomery as a start. Last game against Detroit, 23 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns. That's uh, that's a lot of Mamba right there. Uh, Detroit has allowed five total touchdowns opposing running backs in the past four games, 17 for the season, 17. Top 10 upside for Mo- David Montgomery, in my opinion. Um, Marquise Goodwin, uh, another guy you might want to take an eye, keep an eye on because Allen Robinson's out. Uh, I think Darnell Mooney would be a really good start. He's probably going to play with number one receiver for Andy Dalton against a pretty depleted against Detroit secondary. Um, and really, you got to feel bad for Detroit because Jared Goff's out again. And like I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but nonetheless, it's going to be sloppy. DeAndre Swift seems like he's getting a lot of carries, but uh, running into eight-man fronts is tough. Uh, I myself couldn't do that. So uh, moving on, <laughs> <laughs> the Vegas Raiders, 5-5. Five and five. Uh, at the Cowboys, your second Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Turkey Day game, seven and a half point uh, favorite to Dallas, fifty-one and a half over under in Arlington. You know they gotta love Thanksgiving football down there in Texas, do they not? Oh, they do. Yeah. They do. Um, yeah, this this game is I. This one's got a little little harder to predict. Um, I want to take Dallas, 
my gut, my my gut says that they will beat the seven and a half point spreads and win by by ten points. Um, but that fifty one and a half over under, I gotta take the under on this one. Um, yeah, I I just don't see the Raiders keeping up with the Cowboys enough to put it over the fifty one and a half. So I'm taking the under here. Okay, yeah, uh, I'll give you some some fire to believe otherwise. So uh, da- uh, Dallas out without Mark Cooper still in the the um, COVID protocol. C.D. Lamb has a concussion. Cedric Wilson uh, is the number one receiver, only rostered in four percent of leagues. So they only scored nine points against Kansas City last week. So kind of yeah, yeah digest that. I I don't. I don't doubt that Vegas is sort of broken and Dallas is going to take advantage of them to some degree. Like, they're going to run the ball like crazy on them, you know? I just think, I look at that game, right. and I think Chris Jones had three sacks against against Dak Prescott. Uh, Connor Williams sucks. Their offensive line's terrible in between the tackles. Uh, without the receivers, I just can't help but think that, like, Dallas is, this is kind of like a trap game for Dallas, in my opinion. Not, not. No, I, I see you know, where you're see coming from. I, yeah. And the you know the the receivers that are out those are major weapons, um, but this this I think is a situation where Dak Prescott is gonna show uh, you know who he is. I, I don't think he's gonna razzle dazzle, but I do think he's gonna be able to get what he needs from the next man up at wide receiver. Um, and it's gonna be enough to pull away from the Raiders in the end. But this is exactly why I'm, I can't take the over. Got in this it. Game. No, it's a great call, and I'm taking the over. I just think. The game might be closer, and Dallas has a chance of losing this game. You know, regardless of yeah, yeah, there's always a chance. <laughs> yeah, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> not that not that saying Vegas Vegas has like the the weapons to keep up with them. I don't think either team is in a good position to to score points, and so it's a good point on the under. Nonetheless, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that Vegas has. I think they could. I think they could steal this game. I think they could, really. You know, considering the the, the points I made earlier. Um, also, like a Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard start. I, I, it's kind of like the Kareem Hunt, uh, the Kareem Hunt, what um, Nick Chubb factor. You know, like one, you're gonna get ten points to each guy. Whoever scores more is kind of up in the air, but you're gonna get a good flex out of him, regardless. So, so you're picking Dallas still. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. How much that hurts being from Oklahoma. Okay. Buffalo six <laughs> and four. Buffalo six and four. Coming off a terrible loss against Indy, forty-one fifteen. Gave up two hundred sixty-four yards on the ground. Jonathan Taylor, best running back in the NFL. We'll get to him in a bit. Six and four. Buffalo at New Orleans, five and five. Six-point favorite to Buffalo. Over under forty-five. Boy, uh, I got to tell you, I thought Sean Payton had the best coaching job in the NFL, and I still do. But uh, Trevor Simeon, he's never been the great white hope. I keep calling him that. Obviously, I'm jinxing him. But, um, you know, it, Buffalo looks lost. Buffalo looks really lost. And they got to win. This is like a must win, right? It, it really yeah. is. It's a must win, and it's a huge opportunity for the Saints. Um, yeah, I, I, I am going to take Buffalo to win this one. Uh, it's not been pretty, though. I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take the Saints to cover. I think this one comes mm-hmm. down to a mm-hmm. field goal. Um taking the Bills to win, and I'm taking the over on the 45. Uh, but before we jump into fantasy conversation sure. here, I, I, and I, I didn't even think to mention this before we started recording tonight. Um, 
the, I, I think it's noteworthy. I want I want to talk about uh, Taysom Hill's oh, new sure, contract. Sure, Did you hear sure, about this? Sure, sure. Uh, it's a pretty darn unique contract. Uh, something like twenty two million guaranteed and forty million if he remains in the role that he's in, but uh, what like like becomes an eighty five million dollar contract if he becomes their starting quarterback. Um, I think it's a great contract for Taysom Hill. It's a little bit of a head-scratcher from the Saints because if they feel this way about him now, why put Trevor Simeon in as your starting quarterback? It, it, to me, it's just... I, I'm not saying that I think that there's, uh, you know, uh, you know, turmoil within the Saints, but like it, to me, it sends a mixed message uh, to the fans and to the players uh, in terms of what they see uh, as their, you know, the future of the starting quarterback position going, you know, through the season and into the following seasons. So, no, uh, Rob, what, what I, do no, you think? I think you, that's a great take on it. I, I think the the confusement of the the fan base is something you really have to be worried with because whose jersey are you going to buy? <laughs> no, um, right. Uh, no, I, I, I think that um, you know he's a the guy they didn't want to like let, let go of, and if he was on another team, he might be more valuable in a sense of the way be different than how they use him. And they maybe they thought somebody in the division was worthy was thinking about grabbing him. That's the only thing I can think of. That's why they gave him such a contract right. and locked him down. Maybe they thought like Carolina uses quarterback similar to that, like Matt Rule coming from Baylor college system, um, totally. and so like. My, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, I obviously can't, you know, drop the f bomb here. But like, what the f are they doing? You know, like, why that? Yeah. Why that investment? Um, if considering, I mean, uh, James Winston looked good. He'll be back next year. He'll be back next year. You're going to get another quarterback in there, and you're going to pay this guy. So you're going to pay three guys. You're going to have to pay a first round quarterback, James Winston, probably on like ten or fifteen million, and then Taysom Hill. I, it, it hardly makes any sense to me whatsoever. I mean, unless they really kind of think he's going to carve out a role. I, I Like I said, I just feel like somebody in the division was going to get him, and they just didn't want to risk it or tag him or anything after the season. And kind of structure that deal was going to make more sense financially for them. But at the end of the day, it just looks really weird on paper. Really weird. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and really the one thing I can say with certainty is congratulations. Oh, absolutely. Like that's a really, really great contract for, for a player like him. Um, so, you know, big, big news there, but also just kind of, uh, I, I can't think of another contract that was this big and this contingent on like not knowing what role he's going to be in going forward. It's a, it's a contract that I think you hit the nail on the head too, alluding to this. It's sort of like a contract that's going to be a precedent center for like a lot of other players in the league that sort of don't have those defined positions like, um, I don't know. You know, they do this all the time with tight ends. Remember Jimmy Graham wasn't, he was trying to be a wide receiver so he get more money on the franchise tag and he's a tight end and uh, Travis Kelsey, right. people argue about that one. This is, this is kind of going to, uh, I mean, agents are going to play this one. You know, I can tell you that for a fact. Um, I, yeah. I will not be surprised when we see more contracts like this uh, in the, in the near Definitely. seasons, but uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty No, absolutely. It's a good thing to bring up. I, I, you know, I don't know. I I would I you just want to see him play quarterback you know like Taysom Hill it just like Trevor Simeon isn't helping you I mean you lost like two or three in a row with him so what's the why not play him at this point I think is 
is sort of like what we're all kind of wondering. When, what are they going to lose being 5-5 five and five at this point? They're the 6th or 7th seed in the NFC. The back end of the NFC is a complete disaster right now. So why not play them? What's the worst that can happen? It can't get any worse. <laughs> it can't. Right. It can't get any worse. Um, what's your prediction for this game? Buffalo at, at New Orleans. Six-point favorite, 45 over, over under. So I'm, I'm definitely taking the Saints to cover, uh, Buffalo to win, and I'm going to take the over on okay. this one. Um, Saints cover, Buffalo win. I like that. I think Buffalo bounces back big time here. I actually think Josh Allen's going to have a good game coming off a short week. That's tough for a defense to kind of turn back around and, and, and play, um, play especially a team on the road. Like, but you know, Sean, uh, what's it, Sean McDermott, he'll have his team ready against New Orleans. And I think, I think he's going to be big. I think Stefan Diggs has a big game. Um, I think I heard somewhere that people, we're saying that the home teams are always favored in these Thursday night games or these like Thanksgiving day games. I'm not so sure that's the case here. Well, I'm not sure how it even matters. You're playing a dome, but they so don't. Yeah. The Lions always play at home that, on Thanksgiving. I, they can't. They can't. <laughs> is that the exception? No, I don't. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. The Lions lose every year, so like, yeah, and they're always at yeah, home. That yeah, fit. I don't know. Yeah. But so yeah, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, Stephon Diggs, I actually kind of like a Dawson Knox play here because I don't think the, the Saints back end of the secondary can cover him in the end zone. So, um, And then for the Saints, no Alvin Kamara, no Mark Ingram. There's a guy named Tony Jones you can look at and see if he gets any PPR points for you. He's a good receiving running back out of the backfield. Vo- available in most leagues, in fact. And Traquan Smith as well, also a New Orleans wide receiver if you need somebody as a flex or a quick wide receiver play. Game of the week, arguably, Tennessee. Eight and three at New, at New England, your boy, seven four seven. Wow, seven point favorite for New England, forty four over under. I got to tell you, Tennessee's coming off one of the worst losses I've ever seen in my entire life against Houston, twenty two to eleven. I mean, how bad is Houston? And Tennessee lost to him <laughs> at home, oh, at home, was, downpouring rain. I was looking at that Houston. score. It wasn't the game I had on, and I just I I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, so they're um, gonna be come, they're gonna come in New England ready. I would think ready to go. You know, like, really angry, you know? No, yeah, I, I think they'll be fired up for this game. Um, I think uh, they, they've definitely got to have some of the kinks ironed out in terms of game plan. Right. But this is late November in New England. Um, it's a tough place to come in and, and, and turn it around. Um I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to take the Titans to cover. I think they'll make a game of it, but uh, I like New England in this game. I don't think they win by a touchdown, but I think they win by a field goal. Um, and I'm gonna take the over on this one too. I think it goes over 44 yeah, absolutely. points. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's gonna be close. Um, no AJ Brown. No Julio Jones. Um, you know Jeremy McNichols for Tennessee. No Deontay Foreman. Um, they're out. They're they're just depleted on offense, and and you got to feel bad for Tennessee because you. I mean, they're really rolling and thought they were making something out of it. It's going to be co- sort of a lost oh, season man. for them to some degree. They they were one of the most exciting teams going into the season in terms of 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 what this year could be right. for that right. team, and the wheels just fell off uh, three three or four weeks ago. It, it just started falling Absolutely. apart. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. You get, so. Uh, you know, before you jump into sure. your fantasy, I, I had a little epiphany because uh, I needed a I needed a kicker for this week, 
And we had talked before about how you really can't figure, you know, the Patriots can, they're that team that can put up 45 points, but you really don't know if there are any safe fantasy options, anything really reliable there. And I've decided I'm going with the Patriots kicker Yeah, Nick this week. Folk. Nick Folk. Uh, never, actually, number one kicker in fantasy wouldn't be a bad idea. Number one kicker in fantasy. Right? And I was able to, you know, I was able to pick him up. Um, he was a free agent. Well. So, a lot of people find the kicker they like, and they they just stop looking to see if there's something better out there. Uh, I needed a kicker this week, and uh, Nick Folk fell right into. Well, I'll tell life. you, so. art imitates life often in fantasy, and the kickers can kind of win, win you games sometimes, uh, depending on how many points they oh, can yeah. get, like 15, 20 points sometimes. You know, that's not something you want to leave. Well, in and fantasy, you know, and you know, and the Patriots, the Patriots are pretty reliable on offense right, right. now. You just never know. Uh, which wide receiver, which running back is really going to uh, shine that week. But but no matter what happens on good offenses is that the kicker will get you a lot of points. Absolutely. So I figured it out. The Patriot worth having in fantasy is Nick Cole. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, folks. You pick up the kicker on New England and you'll win your league. Um, one, one guy I think you should take a look at here because obviously like without a lot of Targets uh, going for him, I, I mean, it's a no-go for uh, Ryan Tannehill. So, uh, But I like that Dontre Hilliard, um, uh, kind of a third-down back, scrappy guy, catches the ball, eight receptions last week, 16 fantasy points in PPR leagues. So something got, it's a guy to keep an eye on, and you, you picked New England in a close game, correct? So, okay. Yeah. All right. Pittsburgh, 5-4 and four at Cincinnati, 6-4, and four, four and a half point favorite for Cincinnati, over under 40, 45. Um, boy, this is, uh, this is interesting. This is a late November AFC North matchup. Pittsburgh coming off a heartbreaking loss. And uh, Cincinnati, I believe, won last week in a, in, in a pretty convincing fashion. So um, these games are always a lot of fun at the end of November for me, these, these NFC North, AFC North games. And they're always unders. 45, nope. <laughs> Put that down there. <laughs> you know? No, so, I, I completely yeah. agree. And, and honestly, this game specifically has become one... And I, you know, I'm a little surprised at how much I look forward to Steelers Bengals, but it, it's it's a rivalry that I've really enjoyed the last few years because um, it's it's intense. These teams hate each other, and it's always a defensive showdown. Right. Um, I'm I'm definitely picking the Bengals. I think there's a real power shift in that division. Um, the Steelers are not on top automatically anymore. Um, I'm taking the Bengals to win. I even am going to take them to beat the spread. I think they will win by a touchdown. But I'm I'm taking the under on the 45. Yeah, and Cincinnati's proven to be really good against tough defensive fronts like Pittsburgh has. I mean, Joe Mixon against Pittsburgh, 18 carries, 90 yards earlier in the season. Um, and then a catch for four yards. If you saw him last week against uh, Vegas, I always want to call him Oakland, but Vegas, um, he, he performed really well. Uh, Burrow only had 18, 18 throwing attempts. Uh, in the first week against Pittsburgh. So I expect Joe Mixon to have a really good game. Najee Harris, too, because he, he kind of, uh, well, actually, he struggled. Oh, but 14 catches, 102 yards, 14 carries, 40 yards. So the running backs are big starts this week. Ben Roethlisberger, I wouldn't start him. And if Joe Burrow gets any chance to make any plays, it'll be in the in the red zone or sort of short yardage. So um, maybe like an 18-point week, which isn't bad. But, uh, you know, a little disappointing. Um, if you saw anything, Deontay Johnson is Big Ben's go-to receiver last week, and I expect him to keep getting targets this week. And same thing with Chase Claypool. He's done nothing but be dependable in these big games. You need guys to kind of step up and make plays at the end of the game, especially in tight ones like this. 
and under games. There's going to be some plays people will make and some some runs that receivers will make towards the end of the game. They'll kind of shift the the uh, the ante in a, in a fantasy game for you. So, well, and and I wouldn't be surprised if this game was decided by one big play to Jamar right. Chase or, or something along those right. lines. Um, it just won't be enough to put Joe Burrow, you know, above twenty points on the Definitely. day. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited about Likewise. this. Likewise, okay, we're moving into Tampa. Which is another great game here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers seven and three. Fire the cannons. Six and five. Indianapolis Colts three point favorite for Tampa. Over under fifty three. And uh, yeah, yeah. Tom Brady on the road in Indy. Uh, if you know anything about his history in that dome, all he does is. I don't know if he, he splits the, the the winning percentage, but he I mean he just lights up the, the domes t- typically. Um, I expect more out of t- Tom Brady this week. And what do you think about Indy? They're probably the hottest team in the league next to New England. Um, yeah, uh, I think Indianapolis. Uh, you know they've got a lot of positive things to build on right now, um, but uh, the the most obvious one is Jonathan oh, Taylor. God and. Uh, Oh my gosh! Uh, five touchdowns for for not a quarterback to score five touchdowns in a game it's, it's mm-hmm. insane. Um, I mean, it's impressive when a quarterback throws five touchdowns. This guy ran for four and caught right. one. Um, just incredible. But that's also why I think that uh, you know it's it's something that other teams I don't think are confused. Like like if you're the Buccaneers, you know what you have to do to beat the Colts. Um, whether or not you can do it really comes down to the Colts O-line, which is possibly the, the best in the league. Um, so yeah, this is another really exciting game. Uh, I do think that Tampa Bay comes out on top on this one. Um, I, I think it'll be close though. I, I'm going to call that spread a push. I think Tampa Bay wins by three. The spread is three. Um, and I'm going to take the over on the 53 points. I think this is going to be a high-scoring one. Uh, Quentin Nelson isn't expected to play, though. So, I, I, although Jonathan Taylor had a big week last week. You, did you pick Tampa? Is that what you just said? Okay. I did. I think I that's did. a good call because I think if any team can just stop Jonathan Taylor in the, in the league, it's Tampa. I mean, they got the number one rushing defense by far. It's not even close. And no, Vita Vea is coming, Vita he's Vea, coming back. Oh, he's going to come back this yeah, week. Yeah, Vita Vea, yeah. He's, he's a singular right. player and just incredible to right. watch. So. Right, uh, No, it's a good call. Uh, and honestly, Mike Evans, uh, I, I like him against against Indy. You know, I, I, he said it's a 53 over under. Why, that, that's an under, right? That's got to be an under. I, I don't know if I can take much more than Tom, Tom Brady in this game, maybe Leonard Fournette in terms of getting some clutch catches out of the backfield. Um and then Carson Wentz, he just kind of slipped off the radar. I wouldn't start him this week against against Tampa. I really wouldn't. Um, although I think Michael Pittman will have a good game. Um, yeah, I don't have the stats to back him up on those ones, but I'm just kind of, uh, you know, window shopping <laughs> here. <laughs> so uh, that's that's just kind of what I see. But um, yeah, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, buddy. Let's let's go. Fire the fire the cannons. <laughs> fire the cannons. All right, Carolina, five and six at Miami, four and seven. Two-point favorites, Carolina, over under 42. Uh, Cam Newton came back last week, looked pretty good. Pretty good. Under 200 yards with three touchdowns. Um, so he's a must-start for me in fantasy this week, for sure. Um, what do you think about uh, this? This uh, where, where is Carolina? What, what, what's, what's going on with them? What do you think is going on? 
So I think Carolina needs to brace themselves. Uh, I'm calling the upset on this one. I think the Dolphins walk away with wow. the win at home. Um, it, it's already a, a close spread, but I think the Dolphins, things are really clicking for them right now, especially on defense. Um, I, I think the Panthers with Cam Newton, it, it's... It's it looks good so far, but it still to me feels like a desperate move. Yeah. Um, it, you know, Cam Newton is not all of a sudden the guy that he used to be, and I I think that he's going to put in a valiant effort. Uh, the Panthers have a lot of good pieces in place, but I think the Dolphins are going to win this one. I think the Dolphins win by a touchdown. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to take the over on the 42, but uh, definitely Dolphins to upset. Wow. Okay, that's the, you heard it here first. I, I don't think I think the upset's a great call. I just don't I don't see Miles Gaskin having a good game. That's going to sort of uh, impact Tua Tagovailoa's ability to have a good game as well. Uh, Carolina, the number two fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs in the league, and really just uh, I mean, they're just very athletic up front um, and, and bruisers, and they hit really hard. And so I could see them taking him out, Gaskin out of the game fairly early. Um, and making Tunga Vilos rely on uh, Jalen Waddle, and if that's the case, I like Jalen Waddle here, but I wouldn't start either of those guys. Cam Newton, big play here uh, against Miami's defense, who's struggled against quarterbacks in the last few weeks. And if you if you watched last week, um, actually Taylor Heineke had a pretty good game. So um, take your chance with two if you want, but I, I mean, he's kind of he's tempting. I, honestly, he's always a free agent in my league every other week, and I'm very tempted to pick him up because he's always around that 20 point mark for projected, but he never gets it. He, you know, he's just a tease. <laughs> he's a tease, man. I don't know what to call him other yeah. than that. Well, I mean, I, you know? I'm tempted to take Jalen Waddle off of my bench and put him in the yeah. game. Uh, he's he's had some really impressive back-to-back yeah. weeks, and, and I'm not in a PPR league. He's, yeah, and he's playing in the slot. Uh, P- PPR, he's doing even better. He's in the so. slot. He's not going to play against Stephon Gilmore. So he'll draw Devontae Parker, and Devontae Parker's actually been really good against Gilmore in his career, too. So... Um, but nonetheless, um, yeah, Miami with the upset. Um, look at the receivers. Win start to or Miles Gaskin here, and then Cam Newton, obviously. Christian McCaffrey too. I mean, he looked amazing last week against Washington. So uh, Philly five and six at New York three and seven three and a half point favorite Philly forty five and a half over under. I gotta tell you, I feel like Philly's not getting the love they deserve. Jalen Hurts has been unbelievable. I was about to say. What is going right. on with Philadelphia? They, they look incredible yeah. the last yeah. few weeks. Sirianni's um, coming around. Jalen Hurts looks great, you know. So well, put, putting up big points. You know, you're putting up 30, 40 points a week on offense in, in some of these wins, and then you you get an opponent like the Giants. That's a division rivalry, um, but the Eagles on on the sort of trajectory that they've been on the last three weeks, I expect them to come into the Giants' house and just knock Absolutely. them around. Um, so I'm going to take the Eagles to win, obviously, but I'm also going to take them to beat the spread. I think they win by more than the three and a half point spread. Um, and I, I, I'm taking the over in this game. Uh, the Eagles are winning on their offense. Their defense is playing good, but, uh, I think the Giants will find, uh, the end zone enough times to push this over the 45 and a half point, uh, over under, but it won't be enough to keep up with the Eagles. So... That's an easy one. For yeah, me. I agree. I, I think I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to light it up against New York. If you watch the Giants play any sort of defense other than against Kansas City, which I, I think they were just still trying to figure themselves out, I, I have no confidence in the New York Giants. They're free-falling. 
the the coach looks like an idiot, and Joe Judge keeps coming out and just saying the worst things you could possibly say as a head coach. I don't think that's helping him at all. And in fact, you know, um, Boston Scott, uh, also a free agent, 43% um, uh, rostered. I think he's a good pickup. I think you can look at Jordan Howard. Um, I mean, of course, Jalen Hurts, he's, he's a play. Devontae Smith's a must-start. Those are my two must-starts, man. Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, my two must-starts. And they both come on really good lately. And it's no coincidence that Philadelphia is getting better because of them. So, um, and as far as New York is concerned, Daniel Jones doesn't look like an NFL quarterback to me. I don't know. He just doesn't. He doesn't, you know. I I can't disagree with you, Rob. Um, He doesn't look like one to me either. I, I mean, here and there you you see a performance that you know I guess I see what they see but not really right. um so you know that that's another team in a lot of ways it's it's a little bit like the Denver Broncos it's like when is somebody uh in the in the organization going to admit that they have a lot more work to do than they think right. they do um, cause then you can actually start building the team that right, you want. Right. And so with that being said, <laughs> all this smack I'm talking about in New York, 39% for Evan Ingram, 43% owns in leagues for Kadarius Tony, both guys you might want to think about to get up because they're both going to get a lot of targets for this, with them being down as much as they will be and that running game, Philly, unbelievable best in the league uh, next to Indy. So, okay. Uh, your, I'm trying to think what are like the, what's the second dish you don't want to eat at Thanksgiving? Uh, not the cranberry sauce. I mean, Let's see. Let's see. Mom, mom makes uh, some some sort of uh, let's see cream of mushroom soup surprise. Atlanta four and six at the Jacksonville Jaguars two and eight. Atlanta two and a half point favorite over under forty six. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this game's so, not in London, right? You know, it's, <laughs> it's not. But but uh, I I am going to give the advantage to the Jaguars. I know Atlanta's favored in this game, but man, Atlanta is just playing bad football right now um so i'm I'm gonna call another upset on this one i think the jaguars win at home um so obviously i'm taking them to beat the spread uh i i think i have to take the under on this 46 um the the falcons just they just i i just one word for it is bad um, they're playing bad football yep. right now. So I, I, it's, it's easy for me to take the Jaguars in this game. Got it. I like a James Robinson play here. I mean, Atlanta's rush defense is terrible. Just absolutely freaking terrible. Uh, the, the running back, uh, the linebackers aren't, aren't, aren't hitting the hole as well. I, I just think they're not very talented on defense. And at the end of the day, they've, they've suffered quite a bit from it. Um, and so, uh, otherwise I don't really like anybody on, on, on uh, my, uh, Atlanta's offense. I'm a stroke there. Sorry. Uh, Matt Ryan just has looked really bad without any protection, without any weapons, and so moving on. Uh, yeah, I like I kind of like the Jaguars as a uh, you know a, a defense option if yeah. you're desperate, if you want to roll the dice. The Jaguars defense could turn out to do really well. Same thing with Philly's defense against New York, by the way. Both streaming options in case oh, you, yes. they're available yes. in your league. Okay, here's your cranberry sauce game of the week. Uh, New York Jets two and eight, Houston two and eight. <laughs> two and a half point favorite Houston over under 44 and a half. I swear to God, if you're betting on this game somewhere, I might hurt you. I will find you. <laughs> I will yeah. find you. This, uh, yeah. What do you, th- this yeah. game, this game would be even harder to, uh, to predict if the Texans hadn't, uh, you know, pulled a huge upset last week. Um, and, and and it's not a trend by any means, so it doesn't give me a lot of confidence. But I do have to take the Texans at home in this game. Um, they're coming off a big win. 
uh, you know, both these teams, to put it lightly, are not good. Um, but uh, I like the Texans in this one. And with a two-and-a-half-point spread, I'll take Houston to beat the spread. Uh, I like them to win by a field goal. Uh, Got to take the under on the 44-and-a-half-point over-under. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, man, I, it, it's a it's a good call. And honestly, won't spend a lot of time in this game. But, you know, to look, looking at some people you might want to consider in fantasy, Elijah Moore, Tyler Johnson for New York, both available in a lot of leagues between 30 and 60% for both players. Um yeah, Michael Carr. Michael Carr's out for the running back for the Jets, um, and I expect Tyler Johnson. He's gotten a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, volume, excuse me. And then Tevin Coleman, possibly also something you want to look at for the Jets. Uh, Houston, uh, of course, you got Brandon Cooks and Tyra Taylor, which might be a good plays here too because New York's defense is putrid, and they're both bad. They're both bad, <laughs> but which one's worse, uh, New York? No, by far. If- Actually. If one team is going to run away, you know, I, I I don't expect the Houston Texans to have another amazing week, but um, it's not impossible that they do run away with this game, right? Because um, it is the Jets, so I I like that too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the L.A. Chargers. Sorry, I lost the game here. The L.A. Chargers at the uh, Denver Broncos, six and four. L.A. five and five. Denver. Uh, 48 over under, and I'm waiting for the for it to pull it back up here. Okay, the two and a half point favorite for LA. Um, you know, you got to think if Denver loses this game, they're probably done, right? And they're done in the in the playoff seat. So, got to throw all the the marbles at the table, so to speak. You got to get got to get everything going. You got to get the receivers going. Patrick, Judy, Sutton. They got they got to play cohesively here. They really got to make a stand against LA at home, and they should. But will they? <laughs> I uh, I'd like to predict that they will, but I can't. Um, I like the Chargers in this game. Uh, I, I just I feel like they've got uh, a little bit more big playability on offense right now. Um, you guys know that I'm a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater, but he just doesn't match up with what Justin Herbert can do with Justin Herbert's weapons. Um, so I, I have to take the Chargers in this one. I think they'll win. I think they'll beat the spread easily. I think they win this by a touchdown. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm going to take the over on the 48. Um, I think the Broncos will score points. Uh, it might even be a game where they score enough points to, to win most of the games that they're in. But I think the Chargers are going to outpace them in this one. Yeah, it's just tough for Denver with, with Teddy Bridgewater. He's just not a gunslinger like Justin Herbert. And you say he doesn't have the same well, the same weapons. I, I, I don't agree with that. I think they're... No, no, I, I didn't, didn't say that. he didn't have the okay. same weapons. I'm just saying that Teddy Bridgewater can't do what Justin right. Herbert can do with his weapons. Right, right. Um, you know, Justin Her- it'd be different if Justin Herbert didn't have weapons, yeah. um, but he does. Uh, both these both these offenses are pretty stacked um, in terms of the skill play- skill positions. But uh, the Broncos' formula for success is a defensive minded head coach and the highest paid secondary in football, and those things just aren't performing week to week the way that they're supposed right. to. So that you can get, you know wins with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Um, so basically the Broncos are going to find themselves in a position in this game where somebody like, you know, Aaron Rodgers is what it's going to take to win the game. And Teddy Bridgewater 
isn't. So, but better well said. Better, better said. I guess they should have traded for Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers in the same offseason. So, right. Yeah. I mean, they really missed an opportunity. For two, there. two quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, like a fantasy team. So, um, yeah, no, you, good analysis. Um, definitely, uh, obviously, you live in Denver, so you hear it every day over there. So you're the insider on this one, Trev. And and, and, and here's <laughs> the thing, right? Um, I just think I just look at last week, and although Pittsburgh was down in quite a few players, T.J. Watt being one of the big ones, I, I don't I don't see Denver being able to keep up with with L.A. And I I think L.A. week to week makes adjustments where they're better each week, um, especially after that New England game and after losing Minnesota. I think they've learned a lot in their losses. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of one of those games where they just kind of come out and fire all, all cylinders now that they've, they're kind of well-rounded in their game plan, you know? Absolutely. So, I, I feel like the Chargers I feel like the Chargers have already bounced back from that loss, and uh, they're coming into this game with, with uh, you know, with not a lot of question marks. Whereas the Broncos, um, I don't even think as a team they understand everything that needs to be fixed. I, I think... Uh, think Teddy Bridgewater and Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, they get scapegoated a lot. And I'm not letting those guys off the hook. But, uh, you know, the the Broncos' defense, in my opinion, is not what it is supposed to be. Right. And uh, with th- those two things combined, I really can't predict a Broncos' victory right. in this one. Uh, likewise, only thing, only, I mean, obviously I'm going to recommend the Justin, Justin Herbert on the Chargers' side is a must-start in this game. Considering, even though the, the secondary is what it is, I mean, I think if you've watched week to week, uh, a good game plan can kind of ruin um, the, the Broncos fairly quickly. Mike Williams is really hard to cover. <laughs> it just is. And Jerry Cook's been good over the middle. Austin Eckler has been excellent. I think those four guys are just going to be a big a big part of this game, this win for L.A. Uh, in addition to Melvin Gordon, man. I mean, I guess his old team. Are you telling me he doesn't have any, uh, any ante to play really hard against, against the Chargers? I, I think he's a good start here, too. And... Not only that, but I'm looking for the stat here. Gordon has at least 17 PPR points in two of his three outings. Uh, this is a red revenge game for him, obviously, like I mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I like I like Melvin Gordon. He played against well against LA last year too. So, okay, LA Rams seven and three at the Green Bay Packers eight and three. One point favorite to LA. Wow, I didn't see that one coming. 47 over under. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has COVID toe, or it's broken, or something's wrong with it. I don't know. Why do I care? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it, it's a big juggernaut game, and if LA loses this, 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 um, if LA loses, I mean, they're 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 no longer sort of the cream of the crop of the NFC, in my opinion. I think they they do have a lot of cracks, and they're very top heavy, and they're still trying to figure it out. Right. So, so this this is a big game for the Rams, uh, in terms of what you were just talking about. They go in to Lambeau Field you know, last week of November and win, that's a big win. They go to eight and right, three. Right, momentum. Um, they're, yeah, they're, they're back on track as, as uh, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, they lose this one, and Super Bowl contender maybe, legitimate maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it is an important game, uh, and it's an important game for the Packers too. You know, uh, just coming off a divisional loss. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, sitting at eight and three, you know, they, they don't win this one. That's that's two losses in a row. They fall to eight and four. Um, and uh, so, yeah, both these teams have a lot on the line in terms of uh, the seeding going into the NFC playoffs. Um, so th- this is, you know, 
this is maybe one of you know maybe the most important game this week. Definitely. Um, and I, you know, it, it really kind of depends on how affected Aaron Rodgers is by his toe. Yeah. Is there any talk of him missing no. the game? <laughs> I don't think he'll miss the yeah, game. No. Yeah. Huh. Um, but uh, yeah. So it it you never know with someone like Aaron Rodgers if you know, this toe could just be a bunch of talk or it could be something he actually does have to play through a good deal of pain. Um, I know who I want to win this game, <laughs> but uh, just you just can't put your money on the visiting team in Lambeau in late November. So I'm. This is technically the third upset of the week that I'm picking. I'm picking the Packers to win. Um, upset's kind of a strong word there. It's only a one-point spread for the Rams. But I do think that the Packers uh, I think the Packers win this game. I think the Packers are going to be in a good spot going into the playoffs this year, the way they often are. Um, and so, you know, yeah, pick them to win. And uh, 47 over under... November football in Lambeau, that's a tough one. I'm going to take the under on the 47. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's a good call. I, I, and and here's the thing, I like A.J. Dillon in this game. You know, I mean, if you looked at L.A. in their game against San Francisco, they're very vulnerable, vulnerable up front run-wise, especially later in the game. And I, I don't know, you know, A.J. Dillon, big guy, Lambeau, late in November, 37-degree weather. Give me that guy. Give me that guy and give him the rock a bunch and just run over – that LA, that weak LA front when Aaron Donald's out the field, I, um, yeah, I just I feel like Green Bay's got more of an advantage than we think they do in this game. But unless Matt Stafford comes out and starts throwing the ball over the field, I mean they got to get him and OBJ on the same the same um, sort of connection. Otherwise, this is going to get ugly really quick. But um, it's a you know it's a fair point. I I think Green Bay, you know they've been opened up a little bit on the secondary. I think everybody knows to attack Kevin King. Stay away from Jair Alexander. Don't worry about their their safeties because they're just not good enough to play against anybody um, who can you throw to over the top with. That's why I think Matt Stafford actually has a big day here, and um, I think it's going to be a little back and forth. I think Aaron Rodgers takes a little back seat, and I think they run the ball more, and it's it comes down to the wire, and LA wins the game though, regardless, like you were saying. So well, I I hope yeah. you're right because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're right you're always right. Uh, okay, moving on to arguably another very important NFC game, probably second most important of the week. Minnesota five and five at San Francisco five and five. San Francisco is a three point favorite, forty nine over under. Minnesota is fighting for the lives in the in the in the playoffs, and probably next to San Francisco, probably well, probably Minnesota, San Francisco, two of the hottest teams in the NFC. What do you think, Trev? <laughs> I said it, man. Uh, th- this this is uh, this is a tough one to pick. Um, it's, it's it's really hard to put my uh, emotional bias aside one week after beating the Packers. So you know, uh, crack one open oh, there. Gotta um, the Forty ers A lot of things are falling into place recently for the Niners. I feel. Um, they're starting to move the ball the way that they like to on the ground. Um, you know, Garoppolo's starting to develop chemistry with, uh, you know, through the air more than he had been. And on the other hand, the, the Vikings starting to put together some good wins themselves. This one is tough. Um, and I've already picked three upsets this week. 
I I do think the 49ers are going to come out on top. Um, I, I Yeah, so I'm going to do something I don't normally do here. I'm going to take the Vikings to cover the three-point spread. I know I've said a few times on this podcast that it's it's just doesn't make a lot of sense to predict games closer than three points, but it does happen. Uh, it can happen in this game, and I, I think the Vikings are going to lose a heartbreaker this week uh, by less than three points. Um, and then I got to take the uh, I got to take the over on this one. I think uh, I think both teams are going to put up points. I think it goes over fifty. Yep. Over under here is forty eight and a half. But uh, in the end, I think the 49ers are going to squeak by by one or two points. I agree completely about the over. I, I think Kirk Cousins is going to come out firing. And go, don't look now, but he's an MVP candidate. I don't know if anybody's talking about it but me. <laughs> but <laughs> nonetheless, he's actually averaging 27 point fantasy points per game on the road. Uh, and San Francisco has allowed 17 fantasy points the past three games. Arizona, uh, that was Colt McCoy, by the way. Uh, Matt Stafford and freaking Trevor Lawrence. So I don't expect Kirk Cousins to slow down. In fact, I think he's going to have a great game. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a little sleeper here. I think Justin Jefferson is going to continue his hot streak. And it's, as much as they just need to get him the ball, and that offense rolls, man. It just opens right up. Um, Tyler Conklin is going to be open in the end zone as long as he's he's able to, um, to sort of play off Justin Jefferson's sort of uh, hot streak and fire and everything else. I, I honestly think Minnesota has a real chance to win here. I really do. Um, I think... I think. Oh yeah, I do too. It's going to be a close yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like the Vikings to yeah, win. Of course, of course. Uh, sleepers: Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Elijah Mitchell. Two guys. I think if they get Elijah Mitchell going, um, they showed last week they can do it even when the running game sucks. They'll just throw in Devo Samuel there, and they'll still be fine. So Minnesota is extremely vulnerable up front. Extremely, especially without Everson Griffin potentially this week. Oh, All right. Yeah. Cleveland six and five, another great AFC North matchup. Cleveland six and five at Baltimore seven and three, three and a half point favorites at Baltimore forty six over under. Uh, boy, the football just can't get any better this weekend, buddy. I tell you, you're gonna have leftovers and get, you're never gonna leave the couch. You might as well just pull out. You might as well just pull out the bed, buddy. <laughs> just bring it downstairs. I tell you. So this will be the difficult game after so much uh, relaxation and food and football the long weekend. Uh, try not to think about Monday when you're watching this game. Just call out. That's what comes <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> so, you know, I, as much as I was a big fan of uh, of the Browns going into this season and and where they sit now, it's it's not too late for them to turn things around. Uh, I don't think they get it done this week. Yeah. I think the Ravens are going to win at home. Uh, I think they're going to beat the three-and-a-half-point spread. I think the Ravens win by a touchdown here. Um, I am going to take the over on the 46. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, honestly, and Baltimore proved that they can win even without Lamar Jackson. And with him coming back off of, um, not sure what what was wrong with him, but uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I think going to be a cold weather game, 44 degrees. There's going to be a lot of RPO. There's going to be a lot of them shoving it down Cleveland's throat in terms of running the ball. But Kareem Hunt's going to be back, from what I understand. So it, I think it's going to be really close. It's going to be close. And, and you said you're going to take the over, 46? Okay. Yeah. I, I like that because I think both running games are really going to get on. And honestly, I you know, I don't know how this is going to work. Baker Mayfield, he's in his own head. And I'm not sure that's going to help him to win this game. I think Baltimore wins too. And I think that you start anybody on, 
on <laughs> the Ravens running wise, even if you got to pick up one of their running backs out there, like uh, was it um, uh, for uh, Freeman, uh, um, Latavius Murray, um, he, he might be back. So um, big ups for Baltimore this week. Okay, last game Monday night, Seattle at Washington, three and seven. Wow, three and seven, Seattle boy, I tell you. At Washington, Man. four and six, who's currently coming around. Taylor Heineke looked great last week. Washington's a one-point favorite. 46 and a half over under. You got to figure, I mean, you know, Pete Carroll. I, I don't know how many how many more years can he do this? I mean, this team's kind of going going downhill. They don't have the same sort of talent they did before. Chris Carson's out. DK Metcalf is doing some crazy stuff. He can't get open to save his life. And Russell Wilson just, I don't know. If I was him, I wouldn't play the rest of the year. I wouldn't. There's no point. Yeah, there's just not a lot. Uh, not a lot to gain right. uh, for Russell right. Wilson, but you know the competitor that he is. I, I do expect he'll go right. out there and, and play the best football right. he can. Um, yeah, uh, man, I'm I'm calling another upset. I do think the Seahawks win this game. Um, man, uh, it's going to be close. But, yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks to upset here, and I'm going to take the under on the 46-and-a-half. Mm. Okay. My my favorites for Washington, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, Taylor Heineke, no in particular order. I just feel like this Seattle defense is pretty rough. Um, even if they didn't allow a lot of points last week to – they played San Francisco. Yes. No. No, Cardinals. Sorry, 23-13, lost against the Cardinals and Colt McCoy. I still think that they're pretty vulnerable, especially if Colt McCoy can light you up. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the practice squad, too. I don't get the call. Uh, what, are you, what are you trying to say uh, about Colt McCoy? I don't McCoy? know. <laughs> <laughs> he's washed. And he's, like, been in the league for 10 years for a reason. He's, <laughs> he's a start at all. I don't know. I'm not pointing out much here. I think Taylor Heineke's kind of one of those guys. He's streaky. If he has a good couple games in a row, he's worth picking up and starting. Especially against Seattle. He's a nice streamer spot start here. Um, the two running backs I mentioned before, Terry McLaurin had a really good game last week. Seattle, I like Russell Wilson actually. I like Russell Wilson a lot. Alex Collins, I think DK Metcalf. I think it's. I think this is an over game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slugfest on Monday night. Um, yeah, I know it sounds weird, but here, bear with me here. Um, you know, I, I like Russell Wilson because he's ten and two career on Monday night football games, um, and I'm, I think he's going to turn around. I, I, it takes a couple weeks for that, that finger to kind of feel better for him to sort of start start to feel it out and how he can um, how he can test it in certain ways and what what the balls will look like when he starts throwing them, uh, you know, kind of twisting, spinning it, and everything. But Washington allows an average of twenty seven point seven fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. I mean, what the hell? Uh, so I like Russell Wilson, and I like some I like just the the, the big three on, on both teams. So. That's it. That is it, folks. That's week uh, 12, right? Week 12. That is week 12. Boy, it went by fast. <laughs> Anything to say? Oh, yeah, man. any any recap, any reflection here, Trev, before we jump off the air? Uh, only that, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, you know, it, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably agree that the football and Thanksgiving, they, they go hand in hand. So, uh, you know, I hope uh, whatever team you're rooting for, you get what you want, uh, unless you're in San Francisco. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it, it's just, it's a really special time in the season. Um, 
you know, it's great fall football weather a lot of places and a chance to be with uh, a lot of friends and family and, and, it's just the long holiday weekend. A lot of a lot of diehard NFL fans don't get to watch as much football as they'd like to, um, and I think that makes this a special weekend because you just you typically have a little bit more time to just sit down and watch the game. So uh, everybody enjoy. Last thing, uh, and go out and enjoy some high school football. There's actually a lot of high school football tomorrow too. If you can go see a game in person, because um, I know there's a lot of rivalries that kind of play on the, the, these days. And if you're in Arizona, Colorado, one of these great places to go see a game where it's not super cold, like New England or Northeast or Midwest, <laughs> I think you're going to enjoy some high school football too. So if you can get out there, or or college, sometimes they play on Thanksgiving. So all right, thank you. Yeah. I'm at. Bobby Law on Instagram. We're at Football in General on Instagram. You can find Trevor at Dude on Instagram. Of course, you can find us on Facebook. And please DM us and throw a like, a subscribe. Uh, bring us to your family on Thanksgiving dinner. You know, tell us about them. Tell them you met a new friend uh, <laughs> on the pod waves. You know, and, and uh, please, please, it, it means a lot to help us out with uh, the clout. So, otherwise, we're out.